0: you know Allison sort of brought us into the thought of 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 keeping our eyes focused throughout the year you know we're we're coming out where we've been talking and walking through the book of Matthew so today i thought that we would switch over to the gospel of luke in chapter 2 and 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 sort of ask the question now what now that the christmas season is beginning to wind down and you're putting the christmas tree away for some of you had it down that afternoon, maybe. Um, beginning to pack away the Christmas lights. Now what? Um, it it, it could be really easy to miss out on the significance of Christmas just because we're used to going through the culture of putting up Christmas trees and giving out presents and miss out on Emmanuel, God with us. And so today, I, I just want us to walk through, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time. I, I want to give you three points as we walk through together. And, and we're going to, there's going to be a video in a little bit to sort of bring things back and a song. And then we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together today as we are gathered here in this place. But I think if there were, if there was one thing I want us to leave with here today, now What? Because shouldn't we be celebrating Christmas every day? Shouldn't we we celebrate the the story of Christmas on a continual basis, not just one day a year? And so with that thought in mind, um, Luke chapter 2, verse 17 through 20, if you would read with me, I'll be in the New Living Translation. And this this is what Luke records for us. it was just as the angel had told them. So now what? Now that Christmas is winding down, we've celebrated the birth of Christ. I want to give you a couple of ways that we might want to follow up Christmas in the days ahead. Would you write down this word for me? Ponder and reflect. It's a simple word. Ponder or reflect. Just that thought of... of uh, of thinking about something very carefully before you reach a conclusion. Um, You know, you you go back and you read this and you have to think, what in the world was going on in Mary's mind when when it says, but Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. With all the activity, the the things that she had saw, with the things that she had experienced, the, the message from the angels, Mary wasn't saying an awful lot. But she was thinking. She was pondering. When's the last time you've sat down and you've pondered the things of the Lord and the significance of of his birth? She was observant yet very quiet. You know, sometimes it can be really hard to catch your breath during Christmas, can it? You're running back and forth from this party to that party. You're trying to get things ready. You've got this engagement. You've got this service. You've got all these things that are taking place during the Christmas season. But how often do you sit down and just reflect and ponder the significance of the story of the birth of Christ? Have you ever had somebody say to you, um, did, did you hear what I said? Men, how many of you had your wives say that to you? <laughs> did you hear what I was And and your response is, well, well, yeah, yeah, I've heard it a thousand times. Some of you guys are laughing because you've been there. And I wonder how many times have we read the Christmas story and it's just so easy for us to sometimes just sort of pass through, just pass through it and miss the significance. As a matter of fact, You know, as we sit in this room today, as I look across this room, there are some of you that I bet you could probably even tell the Christmas story by memory because you've heard it so many times. Some of you that are so familiar with that story that, I mean, it's right here, yet it's so easy to pass by and to hear the Christmas story, to hear it so many times, yet to overlook the wonder and the significance of what took place and the fact that Jesus has been born and I don't know about you, but I think we need a little bit more Mary time. That we just sit in the quietness of a moment and we reflect and we ponder on the significance of what took place. To read it again like we've never read it before. You know, what would it be like if, if every week we would make a commitment to read the Christmas story because we not only wanted to be familiar with the story, we wanted to to embrace the story inside of our lives. But this is what I know. We cannot allow the familiarity with the story to rob us of what God wants to speak into us because that's easy. I've read it before, so I just bypass it. Reminds me of the story about the professor and his chauffeur. The professor would travel from place to place and he would go off telling and sharing his information that he had about this cer- certain subject that he was an expert in. And one day after um, he and this chauffeur were on this trip, he and the professor, you know, they'd been together for many, many years, 20 plus years. And finally the chauffeur said to him, you know, man, you do such a great job doing your, do, doing your speech. He said, but I've heard it for, I've heard it for 20 years. 20 years I've been hearing you give the same speech over and over and over again. And the chauffeur said to him, you know what? I bet you I can give the exact same speech I've heard it so many times. The professor said, listen, you're on like Donkey Kong, brother. You want to do that? I'll tell you what. Supper and a $50 bill if you can do it. Chauffeur says, you got it, man. Stopped the car, pulled it over, he, he took off, the professor took off his jacket, he put it on, the chauffeur put it on, and, and off to the, the place that they went. They arrived at this, at this event, this venue that he was supposed to be speaking at, and here is this chauffeur, now turned professor, sitting in the back of the car. And, the, and they opened up the door, and they let him out, and, and they both walk in, and they escort the, the chauffeur, now pretending to be the professor, up to the front, And they, after supper, you know, they were so excited to have this professor there that he was going to share all this information. And the MC looked over and he said, well, listen, man, we're just so glad to have you here. Why don't you come up and share with us? And he did. And that chauffeur-turned-professor stood up and he gave the speech like never before. Never before. The professor is sitting in the back and he's got his arms sort of folded and shaking his head. Chauffeur was feeling pretty good. I got you. I got my fifty dollars. Well, about that time, the 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 MC jumped up and he said, "Listen, man." There was a, a round of applause that was given for him, and people stood and they clapped for for just just a few seconds. You could tell that people really enjoyed what he had to say, and they sat back down. And the MC, you know, he said. Well, at least we got a few extra minutes left. He said, I know that we have a lot of questions that we'd like to be able to ask today. So how many of you would like to ask the question? The hands just went up all over the place. The chauffeur turned professor standing there trying to think what in the world. This one guy said, I've got a question. He stood up and he asked the question. And by this time, the professor who's now the chauffeur in the back begins to grin and he laughs and he's sitting there like, yeah, now let's see what you're going to do. The guy asked the question. He thought for a second. And then the guy began to smile, and he said, you know what? And he said, that is an awesome question. He said, as a matter of fact, that question's so easy, I'm going to let my chauffeur in the back answer it today. <laughs> Maybe you're like the driver, and you think, man, I've I've heard this Christmas story over and over, and I can recite it, but when is the last time you sat down and really thought and pondered over everything that happened and the significance of the birth of Christ and the impact that the birth of that baby would have on the world? C.S. Lewis said this. He said, we don't need a new idea so much as we need to be reminded of the old truths. We should never lose sight of Emmanuel, God is with us. And just because Christmas is over, doesn't mean that we got to, just because we're putting the Christmas tree up and we're putting the, the lights back and we're, we're putting the nativity scene up, does it mean that we put baby Jesus in the closet. Write this down, praising. 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 Verse 20, it says, the shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angels had told them. To praise means to give thanks, to express approval. Turn, turn back just with me for a, a couple of verses back to verse 10, Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 12. I know that you've heard these words many times, but I want you to highlight one word in your Bible if you would do that for me, please. It's okay to write in your Bible. I want you to circle it. It's the word you. Look at what it says. Oh, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, for I bring who? You. Good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you, you will recognize him by this sign. You, you will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Let me say this. You know, it's easy for us to focus on the world. For God so loved the world. And we get hung up on, for God so loved the world, and we forget that God loved me. He loved you. The simplicity of the story. To break it down from the world, to break it down to to me. Janie, for you. You know? Jared, for you. Look at the person on your right and say, God loves you. He does. When, 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 I, when our kids were younger, Meredith used to, uh, she had this sort of tradition. I don't know if we still keep it or not. I don't think we do. But um, she had this tradition that she had uh, instituted early on that that she had a, a specific color paper for all the kids. So you didn't even have to write the names on the on the, Christmas, the Christmas gifts. They all had their own little they had their own little design and their own. So you could look at the tree and see who had, who had the most and who had the least. And, and you know they always counted, right? Who had the biggest and who had the smallest. And uh, I don't know who in the world came up with the idea of these gift bags, but let me tell you what, man, what a great idea, right? What used to used to take hours upon hours of wrapping and wrapping and over again, now you just stick it in a bag and put some toilet, toilet paper on the top of it <laughs> and it looks good. You just got to get a couple of different colors of toilet paper. That's all you have to do. Make it look good. I know it's tissue paper, but toilet paper sounded better. So anyway. And here are the angels bringing the message of Jesus wrapped up in swaddling clothes, those strips of cloth. And he was our gift, the greatest gift of all. And the scriptures tell us that after Seeing baby Jesus, it says in verse 20, the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and all that they had heard. I I don't know if you've had those moments where you just, man, the times that just sort of take your breath away that you see and experience and you come face to face with God's greatness. Those moments that you just have to take a seat back and you go, man, isn't God awesome? I remember several of those times in our lives when, uh, since Meredith and I have been married, over our, our years we've had some pretty incredible experiences. I remember one of those times being when, when we were in Scottsdale, Arizona, we'd made a, a decision after a conference that we were going to travel to the Grand Canyon and, and uh, having the privilege of flying over the Grand Canyon in a, in a helicopter, incredible, incredible. And I remember just sort of getting taken up and taken back by just the creativity of our father. I remember when we were traveling through the Canadian Rockies when Meredith was pregnant with Abby and I'd gone up to do a conference in Calgary and we decided that we were going to take some extra time and come down from Calgary down into the, uh, through, the through the mountains into Montana, we would go over that that road called Going to the Sun Road, which is only open for like six weeks a year and and as we made our way through there were those moments and times that we just stopped and we would sit and we would look at the greatness of God's creativity we had that time just a few weeks ago when we were in Kauai just stopping and just being able to reflect there were many times we just said "I remember Meredith, Meredith saying can you just take a look at this I mean how in the world can this be this is just like this is like incredible. Those moments that, that were just overwhelmed. And I can envision here the shepherds recounting the stories and the events that led up to this moment. And now beginning to connect the dots to the birth of Christ and its significance. And they praise God is what it says. You know, when is the last time that you've just taken that that, that those moments just to reflect and praise God for the things that he has done and not only has done, but the expectations of the things that he's going to do. You know, the psalmist said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And as we look ahead to, to 2020, should we not take those times to not only ponder, but also to praise God for all the things that he has done in his goodness to praise God for his protection. To praise him in those moments of, of, um, of, of healing comfort. To praise God in those, in those times for his provision. To even praise God in the times of difficulty, knowing that he works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And write down this third word, Proclamation. Verse 17 and 18, after seeing him, the shepherds told, they told who? A couple people? A few people? It says they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I've often thought about who were all the people that heard Who who were the people that the shepherds told that were astonished? One of the another ways that we can share in the gift of Christ as we focus on 2020 is, is by telling others what we've seen, what we've heard, and what we've experienced. We celebrate the birth of Christ not by keeping the birth a secret, but by telling everyone It's a good, a good question. Do you believe that the birth of Jesus was a significant time? Do you believe that the birth of Christ was a big deal? Let me ask you this. There are some other things in your life that you've experienced that you thought were a big deal. Maybe it was a special gift. Maybe it was a a job promotion. Maybe it was a pay raise. Maybe it was some type of an honorarium that you received. Maybe it was just a big surprise. Did you keep it a secret? No. You told everyone because it was a big deal. If we believe that the birth of Christ was a big deal, what does that mean? If we think it was significant... If we think it was, don't you think that maybe just like the shepherds that we ought to tell everyone to proclaim it means to officially, publicly tell. And then we say Jesus' birth is a big deal, and it is a big deal, yet how much time do we spend talking about it? I mean, how often do we find Jesus at the center of our conversations? Not just on Sunday mornings, but how often do we find Jesus at the center of our conversations when we're at the workplace or when we're out on the ball fields or when we're out with another hobby or with, with just hanging out with a group of people or gathering together on a Friday or Saturday night? How much is Jesus a part of our conversation? Because if he's a big deal, we say he's a big deal, then we're going to spend time talking about it. And just as the shepherds declared, we have the same opportunity and privilege. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 6. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of darkness, deep darkness, a light will shine. And verse 6 says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. I don't know an awful lot about American history but I know a little bit. Revolutionary War and after it was over there was a a war by the the name of the Battle of Blue Licks. Anybody ever heard of that? Battle of Blue Licks. It was a battle that was fought after the war was over with. In 1782 Cornwallis had surrendered there at Yorktown And the war was over. But 10 months later, this war here, the Battle of Blue Licks, was fought in Kentucky. And many people lost their lives because they didn't know that the battle was over. They didn't know that it it had been completed and, and done as a result of that. Word didn't make its way over. They didn't have social media or the internet. I mean, the word would have to make its way over the Appalachian Mountains, but it didn't happen. And yet because they didn't have word, many people would lose their lives. There were so many senseless deaths because they did not know, because they hadn't heard. How many people are living in our neighborhoods? How many people are living in our communities? How many people do we work with or around the world are still living in darkness because they have yet to hear the good news that Jesus, the Messiah, has been born and we have hope. I want you to watch this video clip and then we're gonna make our way towards ending up our time together today.
1: Imagine Christmas is over. All the programs have been performed. All the pictures have been taken. The carolers are done singing. The holiday parties have come and gone. The presents are unwrapped. And the big dinners have all been eaten. The Christmas music is turned off family is headed back home. Someone from work is on the phone. The kids have a practice to get to. The house needs to be cleaned. The bills still need to be paid. The groceries are running low. The stock market is still down, and up, and down. The TV is still on. The news is still worrisome. Life just keeps going as if Christmas never happened. But it did happen. Look around. The church is full of family and friends and laughter because the baby is still the savior. And the savior is still the gift held out to a world still looking for joy, an earth still waiting for peace and the peaceful still sing in wonder of the God who gave his son and the son who gave his life to add us to his family and one day welcome us home. Imagine Christmas is over. But remember that it really happened. And it changed everything.
2: Teenage girl much too young, unprepared for what's to come, a baby changes everything. A baby, everything. A baby changes everything The man she loves She's never touched How will she keep his trust? A baby changes everything A baby changes everything A baby changes everything, a baby changes everything, and she changes everything. turned around. I was lost, but now I'm found. A baby changes everything. A baby changes everything.
0: think that we're just reminded today, as we get ready to go into 2020, that a baby does change everything. It changes everything. How about you and in, in your life? Has your life been changed by the fact that a baby was born 2,000 years ago that would 33 years later would eventually give his life as a sacrifice? for our sins. You know the foundation of our faith isn't the good things that we do. The foundation of our faith isn't found in the number of friends that we have, but the foundation of our faith is based on what Jesus Christ did on our behalf. And if today you don't have a personal relationship with Christ, I guess the question I have to ask you is why? Why? Really one thing that comes to my mind is you don't think you need him. You think you got it under control. But if today you're here and you're at that place and you're saying, I, I, I need a relationship with Christ. I don't have that. I mean, I, I've got some religion. I know, I, I know about going to church. I, I know about participating in some religious activities. But let me I'll say it again. A baby changes everything. The birth of Christ changes the trajectory of our lives when we come to recognize the price it was paid and the gift it is that we have to receive him. No longer do we have to walk around in in doubt or fear or hopelessness. But we can have hope because of his sacrifice. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, even right now you might be willing to bow your head right there where you are and just pray to the Lord and say, God, would you save me? I know what it's like to do church, but I don't know what it's like to have a personal relationship with you. I want to receive, I want to receive the gift of, of salvation that comes through knowing you and believing. Would you save me today? And right there where you are, you can pray and ask the Lord. And the Bible says that if, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us of our sins. And to cleanse us all from unrighteousness but when we believe and we receive, it changes. It changes everything. Today, we have the privilege of of not only looking ahead, but also looking back to go back and reflect on something that took place 2,000 years ago when Jesus gave his life. And there was a point in time prior to Jesus' arrest and his crucifixion when Jesus gathered and they would be celebrating the um, Passover meal and it was during that time that Jesus would take the bread and he would break it in the midst of that and their conversations of, and I have to be laughter and, and, and Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he, and he gave an indication that it would be a symbol of his body that would be broken and beaten. Probably never even realizing what was taking place a little bit later near, probably near the end, Jesus would take some wine and 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 he would hold it up, and he would give evidence that, that it would be this wine that would represent his blood that would be shed on Calvary and we know that in the Old Testament it was There were festivals and celebrations that were given that were set aside to help remember the great things that God had done in the lives of the Israelite people for the Israelite people. And yet it would be Jesus in the New Testament that would would institute the Lord's Supper so that we would never forget the sacrifice that that was paid. The Bible teaches us that the Lord's Supper is reserved for those of us that are followers of Christ, that are part of his family. And again, if you're, if you're here today, you're, you're, you're welcome to sit and be a part of this time. This is a special time for us. But if you're not a believer, what is it that keeps you from making the most important decision of your life? Our ushers are going to be coming forward today, and, and we're going to be passing out some elements. And I, to give you a little bit of an idea, if, you, if this is your first time or you're our guest today, we're going to turn up the lights just a little bit. But our ushers are going to be coming forward, and, and during that time, they're going to be passing out uh, the bread and the juice, and, and and they're going to pass it out to you as as you're seated today. And and if you're here and and you're and you're not a believer, or you feel like for whatever reason you don't want to participate, you don't have to receive it. You can just pass it on. But our ushers are going to be passing out these elements, and I'm going to ask if you would hold them together. And then at the end of our time, um, after they're done, we're gonna we're gonna take those elements as a as a as a memory, as a time of reflection on on Jesus' suffering and his death. And then we're gonna finish up uh, with a time of celebration. But as we get prepared, I'd like to just pray over us this morning and as we as we get ready to take these elements. Father, I, I'm very thankful and humble today that we on this day and the the last time that we gather in 2019 as a church family to have the privilege of celebrating the Lord's Supper that you yourself instituted. May we always be reminded of the sacrifice that was paid so that our bondage and sin, we, we no longer had to, to give into that, but Lord, that we are free. We're free. Father, I pray today as we participate in this time that it would be a time of not only remembrance, but also a time of, of just uh, of celebration, of joy, as we remember as we reflect, as we honor you today. Father, thank you for this time. And and Lord, may it be very significant as we go back and as we remember today in Jesus' name. Amen.